Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 41. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is Chris Biting. Chris, it is I'm it is so good to have you back in the studio, my friend. <sighs> well, virtual studio. Virtual I been studio. Down to the studio. I keep promising to come down. But yes, it's it's great to be back on the show. I know I was absent last week and uh, two weeks ago, so I, I should be here consistently more now. Um, as you know, I got a, a job with a startup, and you know we're cranking out a lot of cool products and. It's sometimes duty calls, you know? Absolutely, and that's not a problem whatsoever. Of course, last week was a good week for content uh, as I was in the process of working on a project of trying to scratch that itch that I had to have a Mac-enabled desktop on my desk here in the studio. And so I shared with how, you know, exactly what I did, some steps that I took to kind of make it feel and seem as though I had my very own Mac desktop computer. Sweet. So if anybody's interested in learning how to turn their MacBook or MacBook Pro into more of a desktop style experience, feel free to go back and listen to episode number 40 of Help I Got a Mac and I'll so, share that with you. So how is it? Is it is it big, has it been a good experience so far? Are you going, "Oh man, I should have done this." What how's it going? No, 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 no. It's awesome. Uh in fact, I still have all the benefits of the portab- portability of the MacBook, so it's kind of nice. I can just unplug a couple cables and walk out the door with my MacBook and still have access to my Mac-enabled laptop. And when I come back in, it's not too difficult to plug everything back up and have it pretty much running just the way that I wanted it to and have it set up now. One of the things that I complained about last week was the fact that I was unable to figure out how to get the desktop to extend over to a second monitor and make that monitor primary. The only mm-hmm. way I could find to make the secondary monitor, the the actual flat panel monitor on my desk, to make it the primary place where all the applications pull up, where the menu and the dock are, was to actually put it in mirror mode and then oh. just and then just shut down the MacBook uh, screen. No, uh, that's not how you do it at all. <laughs> I know. Well, whatever happened, uh, we had a listener that called in and gave us the details. And if you don't mind. I'll let them explain to us how we did it. Absolutely. All right. Okay, so I was wrong. It's not actually a voicemail, Chris. It was uh, <laughs> it was an email that I got from uh, Dozer. Uh, he's uh, in our gspn.tv forum. And he actually told me via email, not voicemail, but via email, that you can actually go to the screen in the system preferences and you click on displays. And right there where it shows the two displays and how you can you kind of match them up and align them, you can actually drag the, the menu on, that is in the quote-unquote example screen display and drag mm-hmm. the menu and dock over to the right. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that Apple really honestly should probably do a better job of explaining because it, while it's right there in front of your face and once you do it, you're like, oh, okay, this makes sense. It doesn't make sense unless you already know. Exactly. And, you know, of course, I will have to go back to my experience on the the PC, which, of course, I'm still using quite frequently. And I use a dual display on the PC, and I love it. I mean, it's you have two different options that have a check mark next to it. One is extend my Windows desktop to this monitor, which is the same thing. We, we kind of get the same kind of wording on one of the options. But right above that on the PC, it says, Use this device as the primary monitor. So, yeah, Mac just missed that one as far as the usability, which, you know, of course, I I really wouldn't even point out and say, you know, hey, that's a big deal, except for the fact that this is supposed to be the company that says, you know, hey, this is something anybody, I mean, it's just super intuitive. So, Anyway, but it does work, and I'm glad to say that instead of sitting my MacBook on a little table on the neck on the side of my desk, I do now have the MacBook sitting on top of my desk with the screen open and using it as a secondary screen for when I'm working on. Uh, and it's come up really 
um, helpful in some projects that I've been working on. I'm finally working with Keynote for the very first time. And I have my Keynote uh, presentation all the way up on the big display. And sometimes there are some things where I want to be tweaking some of the um, you know, text and some of the other formatting tools that take up screen property. And I just kind of dump those off over to the MacBook screen. And when I randomly need to use that, it's, it's just right over there. So it's come in quite handy. Yeah, I, my problem is with dual display, the, the two displays have to be exactly the same size and right next to each other, or, or I just don't like it. Uh, work gave me a, a display uh, last week, and I used it for about five minutes, and it's, now it's just sitting on my desk because I, I just, they've got to be the same height. So Yeah, the, I kind of thought it would be that way myself if it was going to be like, it depends. It depends on what it is. If, if for example, yeah. if if there's a, I mean, I'm definitely not going to keep going left to right, left to right, and putting lots of data over there. But if there's something that normally I don't need to keep an eye on, like for example, Adium, Adium is a is a program that I I keep up and running a lot now, and it's something that doesn't have to be on my primary display. It can be over off to the left hand side. It's not like I'm going back and forth to it all day long. So it, yeah. it's kind of like one of those things where it, it's almost, I almost treat it as if, it, as if it's a separate computer altogether anyway, the stuff right. that I put over there. Anyway, cool. so we have some news, I believe. Yeah, uh, big news. It, this literally, honestly, guys, just happened maybe 20 minutes before we started the show. Adium, which is uh, the, the greatest instant messaging program for the Mac. It's free, open source, it's all good. Um, Adium 1.3 was released, and uh, Facebook is now in it, dude, which is awesome. Yes, I have... Uh, for, those who use fa- for those who use the Book of Faces, this is a very, very great thing. It, it, it really is. Now, the current version before tonight's show went out, the Adium 1.2, I guess, uh, had the ability to do instant messaging or chatting with MySpace, which for me is not that big of a deal because that, that's not where I find you know a lot of my connections. I I make a lot of connections with people on Facebook, and mm-hmm. here's the cool thing: is is there are a lot of people I know who really don't get into instant messaging at all. However, as soon as the Facebook application came out for the iPhone and they put in the ability to do the chatting with people in Facebook, well, there is a lot of times when I'll catch somebody that's online and if you send them a Facebook message, a little pop-up pops up while if they're on the MySpace or on the Facebook page and of course they'll chat with you. It, it, you can have a neat little conversation and it's, it doesn't feel to them as though they're consistently running instant messaging. Right. And so it's going to be kind of nice to have that ability to see which of my friends are online on Facebook and available for chat using Adium without me personally have to be in Facebook. Now, I do remember reading in the forums because I was reading up on this with Adium. I do remember they were talking about some issues they were having in the beta of this where you had to stay logged in or had to go in and log in each time or something like that on the Facebook page. So it kind of like to load it up to be able to access your clients uh, or your contacts, you had to log into Facebook and say, yes, allow this. It didn't have the ability to like remember that setting. Hopefully they've worked around that. So Yeah, I so far none of my Facebook friends have, have popped up on my uh, on my buddy list, whatever. Um, but yeah, well, uh, I, I was really waiting for, uh, there's a program on the PC called Digsby that I've been begging and, you know, pleading to get a, a beta to for the Mac, and it was going to do Facebook chat and a bunch of other cool things. It's not out yet for uh, for the Mac yet, so, you know, this this addition to Adium is, is a welcome change while I wait for Digsby, which hopefully will be out for the Mac soon. Are you interested in Digsby? Because I have Digsby on the PC, and I, it, it, I mean, it's, see, I've never used it, so it, it looks from the website, it looks really, really cool. I mean, eh, do you like it? I, no, not as much as I do Adium. Oh, okay. You well, know, someone and, are, and it's, yeah. in my opinion, it's not a whole lot better than than Trillion, other than the fact that it does add MySpace, I believe, as well, and Facebook. 
yeah. which I think is cool that it's added in Facebook. And it also has a Twitter client built in to where you can post messages to Twitter right from it. But anymore with Twitter's unreli- unreliability issue with third-party applications and timeouts and yeah. maximum number exceeded and all that other stuff, it, I, I, I'm getting to the point where I don't like all these third-party Twitter things anymore. <laughs> Just just go to Plurk. Just call it a day. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, anyway, so, someone in our chat room was asking what, what open source means because I said that Adium was an open source program. And what open source means is that the developer, normally when you when someone makes a program, let's say like, um, oh, I don't know, uh, Photoshop. When Adobe writes that program, the source code, the actual, you know, stuff that the, the, the nerds wrote to make the program is basically under lock and key and compiled in such a way that you can't undo it to see the code. An open source program like Adium or uh, there's tons of them. Adium, uh, GIMP which is a Photoshop-like program all those are considered open source and what that means is that the source code the actual s- words and stuff that the nerds typed into those programs to make it work are actually released to the public so they can look over it, make additions, borrow code from it to make other applications. So basically that they give the program to the community to make better. Gotcha. And so and, and of course open source typically means free as well, doesn't it? Mm, Most of the time. No. no? <laughs> well, things like uh, Star Office, which is uh, what OpenOffice is based off of. Star Office is open source. The code base is open source, but the program is still charge. You still oh. charge for the program. Gotcha. Okay. So, well, yeah, it, it could be a nom- Normally, it's not. If, if there's a charge, it's not much. Gotcha. I, I haven't ran into personally my own use. I've used a lot of open source project um, programs out there, but most all of the things, actually, everything I've used in the open source community was all available to me for free kind of like audacity and mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah most of the time people are like if we're giving the source code away we're going to give it all away yeah which uh open source software it can be quite useful open source rocks it does so uh i hear that you heard that there are some new nanos coming out yeah this uh was reported uh by kevin rose who you know um, I, I am I am a Kevin Rose fan. Let's just say it. I, I, I've got a man crush on the guy. Um, he has him. <laughs> that's know. pretty he, bad, man. <laughs> it's not like I want to buy him dinner or anything. But uh, anyway, uh, he he has a couple sources, uh, I guess, from within Apple, and he's been kind of spotty uh, on his on his rumors, you know, at, on the iPhone and things like that. But he did bring out a pretty credible rumor that uh, new iPod Nano is coming out next month. And probably a refresh to the whole product line, and they're actually cutting prices drastically uh, to not cannibalize iPhone sales. They want to, you know, the, the the iPhone is so cheap now that they want to make the iPod even, you know, they don't they don't want the iPhone to hurt sales of the iPod, if that makes any sense. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the he has screenshot of the new Nano. It's kind of tapered. It looks like they're going towards the tapered look of the MacBook Air. For all their products, which is awesome, you know, it it's kind of got an oval look to it. It's got a glass front screen. It's widescreen. It looks a little bit like the older one, where it's a little longer than it is, you know, fat and and, and wide. Squares. Yeah, yeah. So it hopefully this is going to be pretty sweet. Uh, also, rumor is a uh, iTunes 8.0 is going to come out next month too. Hmm. Very interesting. Now, Kevin's been known to give a lot of you know iPhone stuff you know information away in the past and say that he has sources and honestly i don't think that a lot of it's come true no uh, but this also goes in line with what steve steve's been known to give certain people disinformation mm-hmm. to try to find out where the leaks are coming from so four or five people will know completely different things and that's how he's kind of finding out it's like a canary trap he's trying to find out you know who's telling people what so the rumor where the iPhone's going to have two batteries and a slide-out keyboard could have been a fake rumor given by Steve. Steve is, is nuts and, and will do that kind of stuff. Sounds crazy, man. What kind of company are they running over there that they're lying to their employees? Secret <laughs> company. <laughs> they have a great cafeteria, though. <laughs> Too funny. So I went to the uh, Apple store 
yesterday, and I was Sorry there. Sorry, yeah. I mean, uh, why is that? <laughs> it's so busy. Oh, whatever. It's not How that busy bad. was it? How busy was it? It's not bad. We actually okay. went there yesterday because I went and got a brand new pair of uh, earbuds for my iPhone, and uh, actually a day before. So I was there yesterday and the day before. Mm-hmm. And what had happened was um, my the little mic piece on my earbuds quit working on my iPhone, and so I had to have them changed out. Well, silly me, I didn't try the new ones until I got home, and sure enough, the mic button wasn't working at all, so you couldn't squeeze the button to have it pause or do anything like that. Really? Are you sure it's not your phone? Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely wasn't my phone because I stuck my wife's um, earbuds in. It was working perfect. Oh, okay. So okay. Uh, it just happened to be... The, it was it was a short in the original one, and they just changed them out. But the second one was a problem with... Ju- I mean, the ear, the actual earbud was working, but the, the actual button and the microphone itself wasn't working on the new pair. And so I did have to go back. And they, they switched them out both times, no problem at all. Uh, which is really cool. Yeah, I've got the rubber coming off the uh, around the earbuds on mine, so I need to go up to the Apple Store and get them swapped out because I got Apple Care on my iPhone. So you can do that if you've got Apple Care, they'll swap your the phones out if they, if the rubber comes off. I don't know. I'm gonna have them do that. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I still I still have some hookups there that'll just you know help me out. You know. So let's Even go. Even though I did blow the store up like in an e- a bad email. We won't go into that, though. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, let's anyway. not do that. So let me ask you this. Going back to this iPod Nano, what do you think is the right price to to lower it to kind of uh, keep it front, to keep the sales on iPods moving? Um, I would say, this is the Chris Biting prediction here, um, I would say a 4 or an 8 gig. They'll probably, they'll probably knock out the 4. A 4 gig, if... if if I have my guess, won't exist anymore. Okay. Um, I, I think it's going to be an eight gig for ninety nine bucks, sixteen gig maybe for one forty nine. You think if, so? if I had to make a guess, yeah, which would be awesome. I mean, ninety nine bucks for uh, an eight gig iPod would be sweet, man. Yeah, the one, especially one that plays video. Oh, absolutely. That Those are sweet. stocking stuffers right there, man. Yeah, yeah, expensive <laughs> stocking stuffers, but they they can yeah. definitely fit into a stocking. Yeah, those, and then um, I don't know. We may see like one ninety nine and and two forty nine for the iPods. I, I think two forty nine is for as far as the iPod Classic. I think it's going to be, you know, two forty nine is going to be it for the for the for the upper end. So I think everything's going to slide down fifty bucks or so. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear um, more information about this push technology. When's the next Apple event where we get to hear about all this stuff? Uh, I don't know. Uh, according to Kevin, there's going to be some kind of event September 9th. So. September 9th. So that's just a couple weeks away. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a bummer so, if they lower the prices on the nanos because my son bought a, uh, he bought a, or we bought him a iPod Nano, the brand new ones when they came out last year for his birthday. Yeah. And of course he had left it in his pocket of his shorts and my wife washed them and so that was about four or five months after he had it and up to one year they'll give you the ability to um they'll give you the ability to replace it with a used model uh for 99 dollars that's not too bad so that's not it wasn't bad i mean saved 50 bucks yeah. The thing is, you have to do it within one year of the purchase of the iPod. So, of course, the right. year was up uh, this week. So that's why we went to the. Uh, that's another reason why we went to the store. And uh, so, anyway, we 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 changed it out, and I had to pay ninety nine dollars. And mm-hmm. so, if they're gonna come out with a brand new Nano uh, eight gig or whatever for the same price, that's gonna be a little. Hor- that's gonna be a little uh, difficult to swallow there. Well, if you have a an, an old iPhone like the one I've got, like the Phil Schiller limited edition four gig iPhone Classic, yeah, um, I decided to add Classic onto the end. I think it makes it sound cooler. Uh-huh. Um, if if you break it, like I've got Apple Care, but if I drop it in the toilet or my dog decides to eat it or something like that, um, it's going to cost me two hundred and forty nine dollars to replace it. Really? 
that's kind of a bite where like the new one's one ninety nine. This one's going to cost me two forty nine. So, yeah, yeah, it, it it is what it is, my friend. You know, you st- I'm telling you, you can still sell that thing and and more than pay for what it costs. I, I think the four gig is still selling for right around three hundred dollars. The eight gig original iPhone uh, classic, as you call it, is still selling right around four four hundred to four fifty. Yeah, but you know, I I got the Apple Care on this one, and um, we'll we'll get to my uh, my iPhone iCal horror story here in a second. I was ready to chuck my iPhone out the window. Really? Yeah, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, you know, I got Apple Care on the phone, so I'm covered until August of 2009. My thought, you know, and let, let's be honest, I I do want a 3G at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but my thought is now, you know, I'm gonna wait. And by the time that I that, that you know my Apple Care runs out on this one, um, you know they're probably going to have 16 and 32 or 32 and 64. You know th- there's going to be bigger capacity a year from now. Yeah, yeah, I would and, have and to agree with you. And that's my thought that you know it's working great now. The App Store is awesome. I don't feel like you know I was in my office. Um, I did the location base because you know one of the guys uh, at work has a 3G and I've got the normal one, and I did the location based and it was right on top of my building. It used the Wi-Fi triangulation for that, and it was it was as accurate as his GPS. Yeah. So, to be quite honest, right now I'm not missing anything. Um, I did do a speed test myself, like an unofficial speed test myself this weekend with a 3G iPhone and my iPhone on Edge. And it was about twice as fast on the page that I loaded. But, you know, I'm not, I, I like the metal back of mine. I like the, the heft and feel of mine. And, and it's working just fine. And I'm covered until next year. So I, I don't see a, a big rush to go out and get it. And when I do, there'll be bigger capacity. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm definitely not going to try to. to you know, <laughs> tilt you in that direction. My wife still got and, her original, and my wife is on the chat right now, listening to the show. Ah, see? so you know, I can't, I, I can't, I got to be why, you know, I got to watch what I say, you know, because <laughs> then I'll come, she'll come home and I'll get in trouble. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, um, so so today I had a meeting today at four o'clock, mm-hmm. and I knew I had a meeting today, but I didn't know what time it was. And I have, you know, we at, at my work. Uh, we use Google Calendar, and I have it syncing uh, through CalDev onto my iCal. Mm-hmm. Plus, I have my own personal calendar. It's been working fine. Uh, last week, I think I restored my phone for the for the two point oh point two update. Yeah, just because I kind of wanted to make sure that if there's anything wrong, I knocked out cobwebs and stuff like that. Apparently, my calendar was not syncing to my iPhone, and vice versa the whole time after I did that update. So. I spent, well, I'm not going to say how long I spent. I spent quite a while today in the middle of doing other things trying to get this to work. I restored my phone twice, deleted all my backups, still didn't work. What I ended up having to do was totally blow away all my calendars, delete them from my user folder and my library folder, reboot my computer, import my calendars back, and then, and then sync up, and it finally started to work. Wow, that- it was. I was so mad. If you, if my my Twitter, my one of my tweets today on Twitter was the iPhone honeymoon is over. <laughs> I was I was so mad today because you know the the way it works in my brain is Apple makes iCal, Apple makes the iPhone. This should never ever not work ever ever. Yeah. So, do you use Google Calendar? Um, we use Google Calendar at my company. I, okay. I don't use it personally. I just use iCal. Because let me tell you, I this is how I do it. Um, and and finally, I'm I'm to the point now where I'm syncing my iPhone enough that that it's it's uh it's the way to go for me. And that is, I've always used i uh, Google Calendar, and mm-hmm. and I'm not. I've tried switching away from it two, three, four different times, and I just decided I'm not. It, it, Google Calendar works too perfectly for me. My wife yeah. and I share multiple calendars with each other. They just automatically show up in each other's boxes. It it's just amazing the sorting capabilities and all that stuff. Um, and and what I've what I've done is I went into my settings and under Google Calendar you can have a private iCalendar address. And mm-hmm. so um, I basically take that and then I go into my iCal on my 
uh, computer on, on the Mac and I subscribe to it, which means that it will pull down and, and refresh that data from that feed, from the iCal feed from my Google Calendar every 15 minutes. And I yeah. just sync that to my iPhone. And of course, it, I, I subscribe to all my wife's calendars. So on my iPhone, I have all of my calendar data up to within 15 minutes of when I last synced my iPhone consistently with me. And of course, yeah. the only thing I do is whenever I want to add something to the calendar, I simply email myself a little note to add it to my calendar when I'm in front of a computer. See, I just, I don't, I don't want to do that. I just want to, I, I want to go into my calendar program. I want to put in my, my stuff and then really here, here's what I want. I want mobile me, but I don't want the stupid me.com address. Well, I, I tried mobile me twice. I, I tried it the day it came out and I tried it again about two weeks ago. And both times I ended up canceling mobile me the same day that I take, took it out. It's just, yeah. As soon as I, I you go in and you start syncing, it says I'm going to clear out all your contacts. I had to go in and resync my contacts. Luckily, I keep all my contacts on Plaxo. So yeah. I mean, it, it just yeah, I'm. It's I, I love the thought of being able to use my calendar application and it do something in the cloud that when I go back to my desktop, it's there too. And Cal the Cal Dev and Google Calendar kind of does that, but only on my on on the computer not on the application on on my iPhone. Yeah. But you know, if if I could get mobile me with a, a custom domain, you know, if I can keep my biting.org account, I I would use mobile me. I think the wireless syncing of of address books and and all that kind of stuff, I think that is so awesome and it's just a shame that that I can't use Google for that that thing and now if, now if someone makes a, a really really sweet uh google calendar applic native application i will drop uh apple's built-in application in a heartbeat and go with that yeah I, and i'm praying for that application every day along with push notifications for the for the um reminders yeah i mean if, even if someone came up with an application it was 10 bucks yeah oh i, I would buy it i'd pay i'd pay 120 bucks for it i i don't think i'd go that far i would I would pay nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. I wouldn't it. do that. I'd pay one hundred twenty bucks. <laughs> I'd pay, I'd pay ten bucks a month for, per month for that ability to seamlessly, fluidly, fluidly be able to sync between Google Calendar and my iPhone's native Google Calendar application, as long as well, it was laid out well. Here's the thing: it doesn't even need to be a, a native Google calendar application just make a calendar application that supports caldev and then i can use whatever i want you know what i mean i can use google calendar i can use plaques or whoever supports that open standard i can use that and right now google calendar to me is the one to to, to sync with so if there's some developer who just got his 99 dollars license for for um iphone development you are sitting on a gold mine if you start making this application. I promise you. Yeah, I yeah I, I just I definitely want to be able to have all of my Google Calendar data. And but the thing is, I want it to sync flawlessly. I don't want any double ups. I've tried all those um, those software like oh goodness, what's the what's the two big um, spanning sync and all that other stuff. I've tried that. I don't want to. I don't want to sync my calendar my Google Calendar to my iCalendar on my Mac and then to my iPhone. It's mm-hmm. it, 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 same thing. I don't, I honestly, I don't even want to sync. I, I don't want to subscribe to my podcasts, have them download into iTunes and then put them on my phone. I want an application that will allow me to subscribe to podcasts and download them automatically and allow me to delete them right on my iPhone. That mm. right there's one I'd pay money for too. It makes me it makes me wish I, I really knew how to write code because I Cliff, I would just write programs for you and I to use and they would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, it could be that, that there's fifty of these applications waiting to be approved in the app store and Apple's not doing it because they don't want to cannibalize they don't want to cannibalize sales of mobile me. You know, we've got forty three thousand tip calculators and uh 
nine hundred you know different to do lists, but you know one application that I really 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 want. Well, actually, two. Let me let me take that back. Two applications that I really really want. They're like dragging their feet on. One is a, a really really good chat program. I, I deleted Poweringo. I'm not. I think it's kind of heavy and thick, and I I want an Adium or I want something nice and quick and nimble and nice on my iPhone. And I just give me a good calendar program that supports CalDev. That's yeah. all I want. Well, I, am I asking for too much? Well, no, 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 no. See, this whole calendar thing really fired me up today, man. Well, let I mean, me. I, I was looking at my boss's BlackBerry, going, you know, maybe I should get a BlackBerry. Next, you know, when my contract's up and it's time to switch to another phone, maybe I should just abandon the iPhone altogether and get something from BlackBerry because at least BlackBerry's calendars sync every time. Do they sync with Google Calendar? I think Google has a conduit for the BlackBerry. Oh, you sync. know what? I think you're right. I think they actually have a BlackBerry. Um, like application, application, yes, they do. Yeah, see, that is awesome. But I, I I'm not leaving the iPhone. I, I still love my iPhone. <laughs> Here, uh, you know what? Next week I'll be like, this is the greatest app, you know, program in the, you know, this is the greatest piece of hardware in the world. Yeah, I know, I know. So, um, you mentioned Poweringo. Um, I still like Poweringo. I think the best out of all of the different i instant messaging clients that are available on the on the iPhone. Now, AOL Instant Messenger is by far, so far, the best as far as usability. Yeah, I downloaded that one again. AOL Instant Messenger is awesome. But the only thing is, is it leaves out my Gtalk and my MSN friends and mm-hmm. Yahoo friends and and uh, all that other stuff. Powringo, if, if, if they could master the art of having it save, like if you accidentally close the conversation you're having, but when you go in and you click that person's name and it brings up the original conversation you had last, that is important. AOL Instant Messenger has that, uh, but Powringo does not. So I was looking at another program called Chat, and it's uh, I don't know what MC stands for, but I paid $3.99 for this little chat program, and it almost promised to have some of the same functionalities. I, I, I bought it in spite of the reviews that were being given of it being down, the server's down. They're so popular right now that, that they just can't keep up with it, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I think all the chat uh, traffic flows through their servers at some point. Yes, exactly. It all goes through their servers. But what was what was neat is that they had this ability, or they have this ability where it keeps you logged in. Even, it, it basically, you sign in, you're logged into all four of your accounts, and it says you're, you know, you set it to say that you're available and you're available. You go and and walk away for an hour and you're listening to other things, doing other things on your iPhone. You sign back in. It's as if you never left to the people who are out there. And if they're sending you messages when you sign back in, they're there for you. Oh, really? Now, what, what's, what's this one called? Mobile it, chat? It, it's, I think, it, yeah, mobile chat. But it doesn't, okay. it doesn't quite work the way I want it to, honestly. Yeah, we we really need, you know, Apollo uh, IM was one that, and I, I've said this before on our show, was the one that I really really liked when I had my jailbroken phone. It it worked all the time. Um, now those applications could stay, you know, connected when you closed the application. Uh, but if Apollo IM comes out and it's got the push support, that's going to be the one to get. Okay, I'll be looking for it. I'll be looking for it. So iPhone two point oh point two. I've upgraded, and I still see a couple bugs here and there. I still have a little bit of a sluggishness from time to time. It seems to have improved a couple things. But, well, we uh, all know it, it killed my, my calendar singing. Yeah, it killed your calendar. But, not that uh, I'm bitter about it or anything. No, not at all. <laughs> so, But anyway, that, that, that's a little bit about that. But I do want to this, – this is like the help I got on the iPhone podcast, it seems like, from time to time. In, yeah, in, in, and I, I want to apologize, but it's just, you know, it, it is a device that Mac users and Windows users use, and it's, let's be honest, it's... It, it's what's making the There's a the lot stories. of them out there. Yeah, it's, there's a, not a whole lot going on in the Mac world right now. You know, Leopard is, uh, is you know, 10.5.4 uh, is out, and 10.5.5 is coming out. You know, we're kind of in the middle of, of Apple's development cycle. There's no new hardware really coming out yet, maybe next month or toward, you know, September... There's a lot when iPods come out, we'll probably see a refresh on the MacBook Pro. So you know, we're kind of in a lull right now, and the thing that's making the all the stories right now is the iPhone, and you know, and of course, unfortunately, well, <laughs> and, and of course, we we would certainly change the subject if you guys call in with some questions about. And Deuce your, is right; it, it technically is a Mac. 
you think about it. It is. It is. It's got an operating uh, OS, uh, OS X on there. But anyway, uh, what I was saying, though, is if you guys want to call in your questions at area code 859-795-4067, that telephone line is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And oftentimes, we try to uh, do some research when we get some questions from a new Mac user or somebody who's thinking about becoming a Mac user, because that's really what this show is all really supposed to be focused on, is because there are so many different Mac podcasts out there. However, since this is a iPhone-centric episode of the Help I Got a Mac podcast, I do want to share one application that has completely revolutionized my listening to music. And it is called Simplify Media. (laughs) Have you used Simplify Media, Chris? Dude, it's so awesome i use it on my on my laptop i use it on my iphone i yeah it's probably the best app i've downloaded in the in the past you know three months it's so awesome so tell us about simplify media what is this thing it's a cool little program that you that you download on your on your pc on your mac on your linux whatever and it'll look through your music are you creating a little account it'll look through your music and catalog it all for you then you get a buddy to download the program too. Mm-hmm. And they download the program and they're at work or at home, you know, in another country or across, you know, the the states or whatever. They download it and you guys set up your each other's screen names. Well, when you open up iTunes while this little program's running, all of a sudden under the shared section, boom, that person's library is on your iTunes, just like if they were on a LAN with you. And you can stream all their music to your iTunes over the internet. That it's is amazing. awesome. So you have yours turned off right now, right? I do have mine turned off just because I want to save bandwidth. I don't have 53 ISPs like you do. <laughs> I only have two. Uh, so actually, three, because now I can use my tethered iPhone <laughs> with my 3G service. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yes, yeah, Simplify Media is very cool. Here's the thing. I, I purchased the Simplify Media iPhone application. And oh, you purchased it? I got it for free. I'm sorry. I, I downloaded it for free. So okay. anyway, I downloaded it, the Simplify application for the iPhone. And then, of course, um, through the process of learning what this thing is, I installed it on my Mac so I can serve all my music out to me. So here's the cool thing. I have an 8-gig iPhone. I have, oh, I don't know, maybe about, let me see if it tells me here if I go to my music. I have uh, six gigabytes. Wait, is that that can't be right? Do I only have six? Oh, never mind. I only have six gigs of music. <laughs> I'm not a big music fan uh, at, okay. all, at all. But anyway, still, I have six gigs of music, and with six gigs of music, and then downloading podcasts, I usually have about four or five gigs of podcasts, honestly, um, and then video podcasts. You just can't fit it all on my eight gig iPhone. And I hardly ever listen to music, and so I never know which playlists to put on or to not put on. So I ha- I usually make a, a playlist that's called, you know, 000 Awesome. So I just drag some <laughs> songs in there. Those are songs I know that if I have some time and I want to listen to music, these are five-star rated songs that I know I'm going to want to hear. And I just drag those and I take those with me. And that's pretty much been the extent of the music that I've had available to me at any one time. Well, Stephanie and I were, uh, we went out and saw the movie ABBA, or no, Mamma Mia, which I don't really suggest <laughs> anybody see, but it is. I'm sorry. It is. Woo, it okay. started out so bad. And then it got to the point where I think I was like desensitized. And and I actually end up, ended up enjoying the movie overall. You can dance, having a time. Exactly. Well, anyway, I had Simplify Media on my phone. So on the way home, I was going to stream my ABBA playlist from my computer over the 3G network. Well, guess what? I couldn't what? do it. Oh. Because I had legally purchased. Ah, uh, okay. I legally purchased the entire ABBA Gold album from mm-hmm. iTunes. 
and so it had it was protected AAC format, which will not stream over Simplify Media. And that's why you buy your stuff over the uh, either get iTunes Plus or you buy it through Amazon or through eMusic. Well, for from this point forward, I will only purchase through Amazon, uh, or I will purchase the CD and and rip the song that way. I will never again buy a protected AAC file ever from iTunes. Yeah, I, I sadly have, um, and I need Emily to cover her ears. Uh, I have about 400 songs that were, have been purchased over the iTunes Music Store in the past, you know, four years, five years, or whatever. I, that you know, I'm kind of stuck <laughs> on certain ones. I had 167 iTunes protected songs. Yeah. Guess how many I have today? Uh, did you re-rip them? So you have zero. I have zero. Uh, what did, you, did, you, did you? I created. What? I created a playlist in my iTunes. Okay. okay. I went in and I was going to try to just burn enough to fill up the 80-minute CD, but you know what? It, it said that I had choose too much for one CD and it'll take multiple CDs. Is that okay? And I'm like, oh, dude, yeah. And so uh, I just went and got my blank CDs out and and so I I put all of the all 167 songs into this uh, one playlist, and mm-hmm. and then I just clicked burn to disc. It burned it to I think I, I don't know how many discs, uh, but it burned all of them to to the CDA format in a in a regular CD quality audio. Uh, and then I took all of those CDs when I was done, and I re-ripped them at 192 kilobits uh, MP3 back into my iTunes. Now, unfortunately, I did have to go in and rename and do all the genre and yeah. stuff like that. But I had printed out all of the data of all those things. And so, basically, uh, that's how I did it. I basically, I burned them to a CD. And then if, once they're in a CD, they're no longer protected. They're CDA, .cda files. Mm-hmm. And then I just re-ripped those into iTunes. And then I reassigned the the tags and everything, and then I went in and deleted all my protected AAC files. Now I will let people know that uh, AAC, uh, the protected AAC files, are a loss, uh, a lossy format. So what that means is when you do put it to CD and then rip it back out to MP3, uh, you do lose a little bit of fidelity when yep. you do that. Yeah, just a so little bit. You, so you're sacrificing a little bit. You'll you'll notice it like on cymbals and things like that. It, it'll sound a little more crunchy than normal. Mm-hmm. But you know, really, if you're listening at, in, to it in your car or through headphones, you know, you're not really going to be an audiophile anyway. So for for 99% of the people, that'll be just fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. The 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 thought is, you know, really just going forward, just buy your stuff on MP3 if yeah. you can get it buy it on cd if you can get it because you know it's obviously a perfect quality i like e-music i i don't subscribe to e-music anymore i had a i had a trial you pay like i don't know 15 bucks a month i think you get like 20 or 30 downloads a month that you can use they have a lot of independent artists on there but they do have some mainstream stuff too cool well they're asking in the chat room uh what program did i use to make them mp3 and of course i had mentioned i used the itunes uh they said does did it keep the name tag you know i had one entire cd that kept all the naming all the tags but for some reason i i I don't know why it did that uh but it did and no i think go ahead i'm sorry but but uh anyway the the thing is i did have to go in and re-tag everything at the end but uh, he says, but only MP3 and only burn at 192. So that that's the other thing I want to say is that when I reburned it in, I know I realized that the well, first of all, I didn't lose any quality from going to, from protected AAC to the CD. I didn't lose any quality. Uh, the AAC was already reduced quality from the quote unquote original, but mm-hmm. but I I got the same quality when I went to the CDA format on the CD. But then what I, when I did lose quality, I, I reduced the quality. I, I compressed that audio from the CD down to 192 kilobits, which I think 192 kilobits, it really doesn't take a whole lot away. If I would have recompressed, if I would have transferred them in at 128 kilobits, uh, then I would really start to notice. Yeah. But yeah. uh, I you and you can even I think you can even do higher than 192 if you're mm-hmm. really concerned about it. But the, I think 
I think somebody's made a program that what it'll do is it'll trick iTunes into thinking it's burning an audio CD, and then it'll instantly rip them back as MP3. Along, you kind of it's like an automated process. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember the name of the program that did it. And I, if I find it, we'll add it. You know, I'll send a, a link to Cliff. But uh, yeah, it was it was kind of sketchy the way it worked. And there used to be a program called JHIM that also unlocked, um, you know, unlocked those protected songs because they all have the analog hole. You know, it's just, they all have that one flaw. Yeah, which which you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, I didn't do anything wrong. This is my music. I paid for this music. And Absolutely. in fact, I paid for it so that I could listen to it on my Apple portable music device. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I just, I really got a little frustrated when I, the only stuff I couldn't listen to on my iPhone streaming it over the web was the music I legally purchased. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. it's, I, I'm not going to blame Apple for that one. I'm going to blame the recording industry. Oh, yeah. You know? Let's blame them because they are the people to blame. Of course, I yeah. think Apple's all too happy to do it because then it keeps you using all the stuff you buy from iTunes in, oh, absolutely. Uh, on iPod. So I think they're partly to blame. Oh, my I, bad. I, I, I th- I, I'm, I'm just checking all the uh, the protected music I have. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know if I should say this or not. Uh <laughs> Uh, I have uh, 667 uh, purchased songs on the iTunes Music Wow. Store. That's music yeah. you'll never be able to stream over Simplify. That's true, man. That's a lot of... That's, dang on, that's a lot of songs. I know. That's See, a, don't you feel... That's a, brand, that's a brand new Mac. No doubt. <laughs> what am I doing? What, what kind of ring could you have bought your wife with all that money? That's what wow, I'm wondering. She, she she's contributed <laughs> to this too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, the first the first night that the iTunes Music Store came out, all the way not the deleting one. Um, back in what was it, 2003 ish, like spring of 2003. I think that first night I bought a hundred of those songs uh, right away. I mean, it was just you know this was it was a revolution. It's like oh uh, one you know that that what was oh, yeah. that uh, the one click purchase or whatever it is. Oh yeah. Oh man, I had to turn that off because, you know, like I said, my first night I had, I bought like a hundred and hundred and twenty songs. It's like, oh, I just lost one hundred twenty bucks. Yeah, you, know? you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you got to watch out with these applications too. Yeah, you know, you click on that buy button and boom, it starts downloading. That's not good. I uh, yeah, I, I only search through the free apps most of the time. <laughs> well, uh, Tech Guy Forty says Apple has a limit of uh, a, a burn limit of five on their formats. Uh, I think it's burn limit of five times on a playlist. So, That's correct. So basically, yeah. I could if well, first of all, I, I made one playlist with tons of stuff in it, so I only needed it once. But uh, you can only burn a playlist, the contents of a playlist. Uh, to a CD up to five times, and then that playlist will say, I'm sorry, we can no longer burn this to any more CDs. But then all you have to do is just delete that playlist, recreate a, no- a new one with all the same information, and you're good to go. Yeah. So, golly, it really depresses me that I've spent $667 on songs. Yeah, that's a lot of money. T- well, the thing is, is how much money did you spend on CDs, the actual full CDs, where there was only one or two <laughs> songs that you liked on it? Uh, well, I used to work at a radio station. Uh-huh. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah, we've probably between uh, Emily and I, we've got, oh, I don't know, maybe 2,000 CDs or so, give or take. Wow. And then I've got vinyl and all sorts of stuff. Uh, needless to say, I'm kind of a, a music nerd, so. Yeah. Dozer's asking how the extended <laughs> desktop is working. We mentioned you early on in the show, Dozer, so thank you so much for your excellent tip. It works great. Oh, real quick! One of the cool things about extended desktops you can do, and 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 I'm sure you already know this, is that if you wanted to, if you're running something like Parallels or VMware, you can dedicate one of those desktops to be Windows. Really? How do so you, you know, do that? Um, I can't remember. Okay, <laughs> it's a setting somewhere there, but you can have one screen to be, you know, the full Windows full screen, and the other screen to be your Mac, and you just go back and forth between them. Cool. One of the things that happened today, we were watching uh, a movie that I had, or a TV show that I had downloaded, 
and I hit uh, Command F on my screen to full to do full screen on the quick the QuickTime, and it full screened it on the MacBook screen instead of my extended desktop. Yeah. So I don't know how to fix that. I I thought when I made when I made a, when I moved the bar and the dock over, I, I thought for sure that would have made this the primary screen, but for some reason it still extended it out to the other screen. I don't know. I I said a buddy of mine, uh, I am. He said, "Have you read the Apple camera prediction?" And I'm trying to find it out. So you keep talking. I'm gonna see if I can find Apple this out. An Apple camera prediction. Now that would make sense to have uh, an Apple it, camera. I think that'd be stupid. Why? Because you're competing with with Nikon and Canon and Sony. It's yeah, you, but no, I don't think you'd be. Compete. I don't. I don't think that they would make a pro camera. I think they would make like a a prosumer camera. So, like, remember the flip? Do you know? Have you seen the flip? Yeah, yeah. I guess that would work too. Yeah. What if they had a if a, if they had a small handheld HD camera, which was you know which recorded good, uh, you know, a, a good decent quality high def. Vi- uh, video and it also did some stills and had a flash. I I could totally see an Apple camera. Yeah. Oh, by the way, remember Spore is coming out uh, September seventh. Rumor yeah. has it now that uh, Spore has arrived for the classic iPod and iPod Nano. Hmm. You know, Spore has absolutely. Uh, there's just absolutely nothing in it that even appeals to me whatsoever. Hmm. Are you oh, looking well. forward to Spore? I am. I think it's a cool idea. <laughs> it just seems like a kid's game to me. It's not. I'm trying to. My buddy's trying to find the, the rumor uh, and and give it to me. All right. Um. See, so yeah, as soon as I as soon as I find it, I'll. Well, let's see if we can find Apple it, it, camera. <laughs> In the meantime, it's probably a good idea to me- to mention your Plus membership for GSPN. Yes. In fact, uh, if you guys are listening to the Help I Got a Mac podcast. We are able to bring this episode to you only because of the fact that I've devoted my full-time career into creating content here at gspn.tv. And if you are able to, uh, check out gspn.tv plus, and you can learn how to become a plus member and support what we do here. And also, while we're at it, I'll just let you know, when you become a plus member, you're not paying just for one podcast. In fact, every episode of the Help I Got a Mac podcast is for free. It is it is out there. Uh, we were going to do every other week on the content here. Uh, at this time, we've decided just to go with all free content for the Help I Got a Mac show. However, we do I do 18 different podcasts. We have TV show entertainment podcasts. We do family-friendly, family-related, family-focused podcasting here, uh, talking about family issues. And we do some faith-based shows like the Almost Daily Devotional about the church and stuff like that. And, of course, we do some great technology podcasting. So uh, I encourage you to go to gspn.tv and check out all of our shows if you haven't done so already. But uh, if you are a longtime listener, would you consider becoming a Plus member at gspn.tv slash plus? Yes. And uh, real quick, Cliff, um, I haven't been able to find that, but I want to let people know that I'm finally, finally, I think, maybe, maybe going to come out with a podcast of my own. Um, me and some buddies of mine. Uh, is it going to be the Mac Genie? No, this is actually going to be more of a, a comedy kind of off-the-wall, bizarre, uh, probably not kid-friendly. So it's going to be more like <laughs> the you look nice today kind of stuff. Yeah, I think we're going to uh, – right now uh, we're working on some titles. Uh, it's probably going to be called I Appreciate Your Face. I, I don't get it either. Your face, okay. But you know, we we were we were talking about it this weekend, and uh, a bunch of my well, by a bunch, I mean a total of four of us are all on board. And I think some of the guys are gonna get Skype mics, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try it out. So you know, hopefully, hopefully soon, it's gonna be finally happening. Well, just let us know when it is, and we'll plug it here on the Mac Show. I do want to okay. go out with one last question. This is coming from our good friend Alaska Brad. Hey, Cliff. Hey, Chris. It's Alaska Brad calling in for the Help I Got a Mac podcast. I got some good news. 
uh, with dividends coming out September 12th for all of us lucky Alaskans who pay 450 at the pump, uh, I'm going to be getting my iPhone. My question to you gentlemen is uh, what kind of uh, carrying case or do you use like ice skins or uh, what's the armor, like that rubberized? Uh, I'm thinking about using that for it as soon as I pull it out of the package and protecting it and keeping it, you know, in pristine condition. But I'm wondering with the touch sensitivity, does it diminish by having that piece of plastic on there? Uh, I don't know if any of the listeners actually use that, but I'm thinking about going that route. And then uh, what kind of carrying case do you guys use? If you could talk about that little accessory thing. Thanks. Bye. All right. Thank you so much uh, for your <laughs> feedback there, Brad. I'm very excited for you to get in a new uh, iPhone. I think that's cool. Do you use a case on your iPhone, Chris? I do. I use a, a, an in-case, um, oh gosh, what's it called? It's like a little pouch that has a little flap, and it, it clips on your belt like, uh, I don't know, horizontally. Um, let me find out what it's called. I, I love it, and the, the reason I, I was going to use a, a case that covered the whole phone at all time, mm-hmm. but I really wanted a, a case that was just—I don't know—I I didn't want—I wanted to use the iPhone when it was out of its case, and uh, the one I got was called the Leather Folio, and I love it. It's—it was about forty bucks. Um, it's pretty. It's black. It's made of leather. It smells terrific. Now, if if I was probably going to get a new iPhone, I would probably get the same one just because I like it so much. Uh, what I would do, though, is I would probably invest in something called Invisible Shield. Mm-hmm. Tell and, us about it. Sure. Uh, Alaska Brad was talking about you know keeping the plastic that comes with the iPhone on it. Don't do that. It's, it gets janky. It's kind of cheap. Um, I've got a crystal film over my iPhone now because I did notice I got a couple little hairline scratches in, in, in the glass of my phone. I don't know if I had like some some granules of dust or, or sand or something in my pocket or in my pouch that, that caused a scratch. So I bought a little little cover that goes over the screen. But what the what the invisible shield cover does is it, it encases the whole phone phone in this plastic that was developed by like the military to coat um, the blades of, of helicopters. Hmm. It's super strong. It's like self-healing. You can scratch a key on this and it will not do anything to the phone at all. Wow. See, yeah, it's awesome. Now, I am using a case for the very first time, but I only use it when I'm exercising. And uh, I have, it's by, uh, let's see here, Marware, M-A-R-W-A-R-E. And it's a shoulder strap. So basically, I'm able to put it up on my shoulder uh, while I'm out walking. And it, it pretty much has a, the, it encloses the entire um, iPhone inside this little pouch and it's got a it's got like a plastic see-through transparent screen on the front of it of course when you when it goes up against the iPhone it's got that weird look to it it's kind of you know it, it kind of looks like little splotchy and stuff like that however it does not the one thing I'm really proud of is the fact that it does not take away from the the multi-touch the multi-touch still works perfectly through this clear plastic um, and, and of course it's protecting my phone while I'm out, you know, walking or whatever. One of the things that I'm getting ready to do is I, I want to save money to, to get a decent road bike. I want to start riding a bike, uh, and for, for a physical activity as well. And, uh, you know, I wanted to be able to take my iPhone with me and listen to it while I'm out walking and stuff like that. And now I've got applications on my on my iPhone, which I can basically start up this application and the GPS kind of tracks where I've been and where I'm going and then when I'm done I click a little button and it uploads my route on a Google map to the internet so I can kind of keep track of stuff and see where I've been and look at average speed and stuff like that mm-hmm. so uh, anyway that's what I'm using I, but the thing is I don't like the case enough to to kind of wear it around or to keep it when I'm not using it in the actual exer- on the shoulder strap pouch so. Yeah, I, I used to keep it real and, and not even have a case for my phone. I used to keep it in my pocket. and I don't know, man. I, f- I figured I spent 500 bucks on it. I might as well get something for it. You know, I, I've dropped my phone. It, 
in the leather folio ca- folio case, and it's been fine. It's kind of got a little bit of padding to it and stuff. So yeah. And Tech Guy Forty in the chat room says the Invisible Shield is at uh, zag.com. Z a g g dot com. Uh, my, well, no. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me turn oh. it down. Woo, go ahead. Uh, just read about the, uh, the the iPhone rumor. It's from a place called Firing Squad. It's a ninety nine dollar eight gig flashed uh, based camera with Wi Fi. You know what? I'm thinking that might be built into the new iPhone or um, iPod. Really? Yeah. Who knows? That would be interesting. But ninety nine dollars though for iPod and camera. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. Who knows? We'll, we'll find see. out. <laughs> we'll we'll have more info next week. See ya. Bye.